Tough. I wish you all a uh, an easy winter. That's what uh, the traditional blessing. Even though the winter has already smitten me, but I'm like an easy target. <coughs> okay. The question the question is that, um, that I'd like to deal with. To some extent, is uh, Hakadosh Baruch Hu created man? Slash woman. I'm not. Uh, that problem is not the problem that I'm interested in. The problem I'm interested in is what was man slash woman supposed to do? What were they supposed to do in the created world, if anything? <coughs> so the first pasuk, the first sukkah I want you to take note of. On these psukim in Gimel at the bottom of the page, the page that has a lot of uh, references on it. We all know that Adam and Chava, instigated by the Nachash, did something wrong. They rejected a mitzvah. Why the mitzvah was what it was and what the rejection meant is the stuff that uh, philosophers have been dealing with <coughs> for many years. But there's, it's absolutely clear that they did something wrong and that they rejected God's commandment not to eat. And they went and they ate. The part that's hard for us to understand is that eating had something to do with good and bad and creating a uh, creating some kind of choice suddenly they were able to make a choice before they weren't able to <coughs> but as a result of the fate of other Mechava they were punished and the punishment they, they received sundry punishments he was punished, she was punished, they were punished. But there's one punishment that I'm interested in. And that's the punishment that is reflected in these three psukim. Vayom Hashem Elokim, menu. Man will become like we are. Which I guess is a bad thing. Ladat hovara. <coughs> the word ladat is a difficult word to translate. Of course it means to know, but it also means to be able to taste, to have some connection to Tov and Ra. And lest Adam Harishon and I guess Chava decide to continue on their merry way, and to also eat from the Eitzachayim to eat from the Eitzachayim so we've got to stop that why do we have to stop that? Uh, I don't know and if God didn't want them to live forever then why should there be an Eitzachayim in the midst of the Gan? all of this is kind of a mystery <coughs> but we are interested in a small mystery. And the small mystery is why Yishal Chayim is the punishment. Because we couldn't leave Odom and Chava in Ganeide. 
because a bad situation might become worse, since there were, after all, two trees that were forbidden, and since there were two, and they only had eaten from one, in order to prevent them from eating from the second tree, then, Vayishalcheyu, the word Vayishalcheyu, he sent him out. But of course, in Hebrew, the word Shalach immediately brings to mind also the, the word Shaliach, Vayishalcheyu, as though you might even be able to translate Hashem gave him a purpose. He didn't just kick him out of Gan Eden and say, fend for yourself. But Vayishalcheyu, he sent him someplace. Vayishalcheyu HaKeshev Elokim Mi Gan Eden. Okay, that's not the purpose. Not to be in Gan Eden. But the purpose is, Lavodet HaAdama Asher Lukach Misham. Okay, Lavodet Adama, I understand. To work the land. What is Asher Lukach Misham? I understand. Adam was made from Adama. He was made from the earth. <coughs> but wh- wh- why bring that up right now? Is that the pun- Which is the punishment? Lavod. Lavodet Adama. Lavodet Adama Asher Lukach Misham. The punishment was that he had to sort of, he was dependent on it, like he thought he was, like Adama was raised to a higher level, like Adama was man. And now man is going back to Adama to seek for, uh, to look for a tomato and a cucumber. Not clear. But you understand, you admit that there's a, <coughs> that there's something there. Vayigaresh et ha'adam vayishkon mikedem leganeiden. Vayigaresh et ha'adam. First vayishalchehu, then vayigaresh. Vayishkon mikedem leganeiden et ha'kruvim vedlad ha'arim v'tapechet lishmor ederech eitz ha'chayim. So all of the commentaries, of course, point out <coughs> that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not destroy Gan Eden. Gan Eden is there. And it's a, an ongoing enticement. A man naturally wants to go back to Gan Eden. <coughs> but the Kruvim and the Lat HaCherva Mitapechet prevent you from going back. There's a kind of a guard. There's a guard that protects the guy. So, that itself, so, so if we were trying together to figure out what this meant, you might say something about that. That the Gan Eden, Gan Eden is still there after man gets kicked out of Gan Eden, but you can't go into it. It becomes uh, not just a forbidden fruit, it's not just don't eat this and don't eat that. But it became, don't go there. It's there. It's waiting for you. But you can't go there. So we've developed this idea that the ultimate uh, reward is also called very often Gan Eden. 
whether that means it's actually in Gan Eden, the physical place, Gan Eden, or not. <coughs> but the notion of reward has become synonymous with Gan Eden, because it's there. The Torah could have said, in other words, it could have been, HaKadosh Baruch would have blown up Gan Eden and let other Mauritians stay in the same place. What's the difference? But HaKadosh Baruch kept Gan Eden. Kept Gan Eden. This is actually the Ramban. At the end of Dvarim, in the parish of Ayelech, the, the, the Ramban says, <coughs> the Ramban says that uh, the reason, he says, well, why... Why did the Torah have to tell us the story of the hate of Adam Arishan in Gan Eden and say that we were kicked out of Gan Eden? Why couldn't the Torah just have said and Adam Arishan lived in Wisconsin or, or wherever? And we have to tell the story of Gan Eden for. So the Ramban says because Gan Eden is where we're going. In, in other words, the first dynamic in the history of the world is Gan Eden. You should be there, but you can't be there. But you will be there. Meanwhile, work the land. That's the story in the Torah. <coughs> the implication of all of this is, I think, that if the punishment to other Marishan getting kicked out of Gareden was that he'd have to work the land. And it's reasonable to say that while he was in Gareden, he didn't have to work the land. That's reasonable. However, there's a Pasuk in the Torah that seems to say the opposite. <coughs> and that if you go up in the sheet backwards, Pasuk Tedvav, Perik Bet, Pasuk Tedvav, Eikach Hashem Lokimet HaAdam. And you all know that there's Perik Aleph and there's Perik Bet. I, I don't want to get into that. You know, Rabbi Soloveitchik did it and he like took care of the whole thing. So you can read about it. But the Pasuk says that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created man, Eikach Hashem Lokimet HaAdam, Vayanichehu began Eiden. So, of course, Chazal noticed that word, Vayanichehu. Vayanichehu as opposed to Vayasimehu. Right? You put something someplace. What's Vayanichehu? You, you let it lie there. There is that word, Nach. Noach. Vayanichehu began We'll see. <coughs> we'll see what that means. Vayikach Hashem Elokim et Adam Vayanichehu began Eden. Le'avda or le'shomra? No? So now we have a problem. It sounds like Adam Harishon in Gan Eden also had to work. So you would think that the punishment that Adam Harishon received would be a radical change in his lifestyle. But in fact, it seems that he worked before and he worked afterwards. So then we would say that the work is not part of the uh, punishment. <coughs> it's as though Kodesh Bokhul said to other Marisha, now I'm kicking you out of Gan Eden. 
You worked before, so keep working. That's not a punishment. The punishment is whatever it is. But the punishment has nothing to do with work. <coughs> now the commentaries, the various commentaries, don't like this. They don't like this. They don't want, they want Avodah to be a punishment. And they don't want other Marishon to work in Gan Eden. Right, so if you look at the Targum Yonatan, <coughs> look at Targum Yonatan, the last line, there are two lines, right? Look at the last line. Vashrei Beginunita the Eden the Ashrei. Ashrei means, I guess you could translate it to dwell there. It's a translation of the word Vayenichehu. Right? You see, do you have the place? Right? Vashrei Beginunita the Eden. Vagan shall Eden. Now, Lemehevei Plach Boraita, in order that he should Plach Zelavot, Lavot Batora, Velimintar Kudata, Kudaha, Limintar is Lishmor, Kudot, a mitzvot. So that that the the Tavim Yonatan doesn't like this idea that other Marisha was working in Gan Eden. And so he changes it a little bit. And he says, Labda means Lavod Abudata Torah. And Lishmur is Lishmur, the mitzvot. <coughs> and that's what the Tagum Yonatan says. And where does the Tagum Yonatan get all of this from? I mean, I mean Tagum Yonatan was, uh, was a great scholar. I mean, it's. It says, it's not Yonatan, by the way, it's correctly Yushami. The Targum of Eretz Yisrael, even though we call it Targum Yonatan. It's one of those weird things. You know that Yonatan ben Uziel wrote the Targum to Nevi'im and Ketuvim. The one who wrote the Targum to the Torah, famous Targum, is Unculus. And, and the Targum from Eretz Yisrael on the Torah is the other Targum. And apparently they, they used to write in the Kitveyad, Tav Yud. Tav Yud, which meant Targum Yushalmi. But, you know, some Ibn Chochem came along and he said, I'm going to put out a new edition. And I'm going to give you a big benefit. I'm going to open up all the Rashi Tevot. You know, that's sort of like considered to be a benefit. <coughs> so he didn't know what Tuf Yud meant. So he said it must be Targum Yonatan. So in all the, uh, in all the Mikraut Gedolot, it's this Targum Yonatan. And there's a second Targum that they call the Targum Yushal. <laughs> but really, it's just Targum Yishalmi 1 and Targum Yishalmi 2. And I don't know if this was an interesting sidelight or something. But it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So I want to tell you another Pasuk. 
Now let's go to the Pasuk at the top of the page. <coughs> the Pasuk says this. Let's agree that we're talking about Friday. Well, you know, the, the creation of the world started on Sunday and ended on Friday, with the exception of Shabbat, which was created on Shabbos. Okay? So this is a pasuk that describes Friday. The Chol Siach HaSadeh. Chol Siach HaSadeh, a Siach, is a bush. Like it's a little thing that grows out of the ground. A Siach. Chol Siach HaSadeh, Terem Yebaaretz. Before the Siach HaSadeh grew up in the land, and the grass had not yet <coughs> grown. There was, there was in the ground, there were like these little pods with seeds in them, but nothing grew yet. Terror. <coughs> because it hadn't rained yet. So what are we talking about on Friday? And when were the things, when was the creation of plants and things that grow? Tuesday. <coughs> so that means that on Friday, the things that were created on Tuesday had not yet started to grow. In other words, all you had was land, it was like after the gardener left, like there's nothing there. You have to wait for it to grow in, as they say. No bushes. Why not? I mean, if God made it, it should work. Why? Why didn't it grow? It was Friday. Friday. How come it didn't grow till Friday? So the Pasuk says, it says, Because there was not yet any rain. And without rain, it's not going to grow. So Tuesday it was planted, and Friday it still hadn't grown. And the Pasuk says it hadn't grown because there was no rain. And then there's a non-sequitur. Non-sequitur means... It doesn't follow. Like the, the, what comes afterwards has nothing to do with what came before. At least nothing obvious. And it says, Vadam ayin lavodet adama. Okay, Vadam ayin lavodet adama sounds like it means that in order for anything to grow, what do you need? You need rain. And <coughs> you need adam. And you need adam lavodet adama. As I state, that the man has to work. So why wasn't man working? Because he wasn't created yet. It's Friday. Man is created on Friday. No rain, no work. So you would think, no rain, that's enough. Well, I didn't say, I mean, there was the work that you put into the land doesn't show every day. It's not a difference, a daily difference. 
Look at Rashi. Now look at in the Rashi at you on the sheet. You see that the it's the last well the first of the wide lines at the end of the line. See Rashi, the first wide line, which is the fifth line at the end of the line. Call Still hasn't grown. Ubashlishi at Tuesday. That's what it says in the Prosik in the Torah. It says that the land gave forth the planted things. So the grass just got up to the up to the ground. It, it wouldn't sprout. It just stood there. And <coughs> the siach also just got up to there. It got up to the to the land. Now, Rashi. So Rashi says, that doesn't make sense. If God created the grass, why wouldn't God let it rain? If that's what it takes for the grass to grow. I mean, that's the reason that the grass was created. So God should have let it rain. Why didn't God let it rain? Doesn't make sense. Rashi. So Rashi says, Why was it that God didn't let it rain? That's how you should read the Pesach. The Pesach says, Kilo in Why? Because man was not yet created, so it's not going to rain. The answer is this. The answer is, Lefi Shadam Ayin Lavorita Adama. There was no one in the world who could recognize the goodness in rain. You remember Shmini Atzeret? Which was not such a long time ago. I mean this year Shmini Atzeret. Not any other year. But this year Shmini Atzeret, he says, <laughs> Before man was created, there was something missing in the world. That's what Rashi says. What was missing in the world? Someone who could recognize the goodness in rain. Someone who could recognize the goodness in the rain. Adam, la'olam alehem Man had this capacity to recognize the need for rain and further the capacity to recognize <coughs> that it was dependent on him and that if he would pray for rain, if man would daven, there would be rain. Shehev sorch la'olamit palelem v'yerdu v'tzamchu ha'ilanot and that's when everything started to grow. The little trees, the grasses, all started to grow. And therefore, according to Rashi, we learn Rashi in different ways, right? But Rashi says something about the spirituality of man. Everybody today is looking for spirituality. I don't know if you've heard. But all you have to do is open the newspaper, and then there are many offerings. Right? 
the spirituality for the weekend and the spirituality for Tuesday nights. And it's, uh, you know, spirituality is just it's just another commodity. But Rashi says, Rashi spirituality, the spirituality of man slash woman. <laughs> it's about being able to recognize that there's an integrative function between God and the world. There's a Kesha, an ongoing Kesha between God and the world that was created, as opposed to the Time magazine once said this idea that maybe God created the world and went to Argentina. No, it's not like that. God created the world and remained Kashur to the world. However, that Kesher is determined by man. If man recognizes the Kesher, then it exists. <coughs> and that's called spirituality. That's our Koach. That's what we have, according to Rashi. Zehu. That's all there is. So the world before man was created, in that world nothing could grow, because it couldn't rain. And it couldn't rain because rain needed man to recognize to recognize the, kesh, the ongoing Kesha between God and the created world. And that's why there are many places there are references to Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is a godless country. A godless place. Because in Mitzrayim it didn't rain. The water came from the Nile. It overflowed. <coughs> so it was always there. All you had to do was uh, make ducts and take it from one place to another. And that's why the Torah says to the king, the worst thing imaginable is to take the people back to Mitzrayim. Because Mitzrayim is a place, and that's why the Galut is always in the direction of Bavel. The direction of Bavel, Ashur, and Bavel, and Persia, and Rome. But not to Mitzrayim. Not to Mitzrayim, because even in those heathen countries, there was a spiritual uh, kind of uh, <coughs> spiritual peace. It was possible for Am Yisrael to exist. But had they gone to Mitzrayim, they wouldn't have been able to exist. So that's what Rashi says. So according to Rashi, <coughs> according to Rashi, did they work or didn't they work? So according to Rashi, they worked. It was Avodah <coughs> It wasn't tilling the soil. So it's as though, according to Rashi, the way we've understood it now, that before they were kicked out of Gan Eden, they davened. And after they kicked out of, got kicked out of Gan Eden, they, I guess they kept davening, but davening was not enough. Then they had to do something to make sure that the davening would help. And this is... <coughs> this is reflected in the Gemara Chulin, this Rashi, which we don't have to learn, but I would like to learn the Ramban, and then the Svasemis. The Ramban says this. You see, the Ramban is the second source on the page. We call Siyach Hasadeh, Adat Rabotainu, Bishlishi Amdu Al Petach Karka Haaretz, Bishishi Tzam Chula Chashim Tiralehem. This is the Pshat. He calls it Da'at Rabotenu, not the Da'at of Rashi, <coughs> because it comes from the Gemara Chul. comes from the Gemara Chul, and so this is so the Rabban doesn't credit Rashi. Al Da'atik Pshat. 
But the Ramban says that's not pshat because it doesn't seem to really say in the Torah that they davened. So how can you say they davened? That when God created the trees and the grasses and the bushes, they were created complete. On Tuesday, right? Remember Tuesday? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, the third day was Tuesday. They were created as trees, as bushes, as grasses. They weren't hidden in the ground. <coughs> Second line in the Ramban. But now the Torah is telling us something else. It's only the first generation that you got for free. Because you only got the first apple tree for free. You want another apple tree? You have to plant it. You got the first tomato patch for free. More tomatoes? You have to plant them. So that in the beginning, from Tuesday until Friday, that was fine because there were clouds and there were rivers and there were all kinds of good things that supported what had been created. But on Friday, man was created to continue this act of creation. <coughs> I would say that the Ramban disagrees with Rashi. That according to Rashi, everything in God Aden grew because God made it grow. grow. However, God waited for the human response <coughs> that indicated that we understood that we understood that HaKadosh Baruch was doing it. The Ramban says <coughs> it wasn't that way. <coughs> that the first generation was given to us for free from HaKadosh Baruch But after that, when man came, he had to work the land. So it remains unclear what happened in Gan Eden and how it was that the punishment that the punishment for eating from the Eitzadah Tovarah was being kicked out of Gan Eden and having to work at least according to the Ramban they had to work when they were in Gan Eden they had to work and the Rashi and the uh, <coughs> the Targum Yonatan uh, are hard-pressed to try to explain. It's not Derech HaPshat, according to the Ramban, that the, actually they didn't do any work in Gan Eden. Even though the Pasuk says, Pasuk 15, La'avda u'lishamra. Nevertheless, Rashi wants to say that La'avda u'lishamra has something to do with davening and spirituality. <coughs> so if you turn the page, we'll look at the Svat Nevet. Svatamet has an interesting take on it, I think, on this issue. And, you know, like, I have this problem. Like, what was man doing then? What was man's function in Ghanaian? What was it that, what was our job? Living in God, we didn't last long, but we must have had a purpose. 
And in what ways the purpose that we had in Gan Eden distinguishable <coughs> from the purpose that we adopted right after we were uh, kicked out of Gan Eden. So this is Svatanet. Svatanet says this. The Pasuk, the first Pasuk that we, we started with. Remember that Pasuk? We said, by being an emissary for something or other. This is a Pasuk in Eov. Yes, it's really true. Chazal also knew Eov by heart. And if you wonder why it is that you never learned Eov, try learning it sometimes. And then you'll know. And then you'll know. But Chazal knew Eov Balpet. They were not daunted as we are. So in the Pasuk in, in, uh, in Eov it says, Adam Amal Yulad. Now Amal is kind of a synonym, if you, uh, you know, there really are no synonyms, but it's kind of a synonym to the word la'avod, avodah. Man was created for amal. Vanu chazal, ashrei she'amlu Torah. So chazal said, what kind of amal are we talking about? Learning Torah. That's amal. That's the labor that we were created for. The Gamikodem Ktiv Laovda Ulishamra. And the Svatanet says, after all, the Peric Bet, Pasuk Tedvav, which we learned, it says Lovda Ulishamra. And obviously everybody understands that the people were not enjoined, right, commanded. <coughs> they were not commanded to work, but they were commanded to learn Torah. That makes sense. That makes sense. But when they were in Gan Eden, Svatamet said, the only thing they did was learn Torah. Gan Eden was the first kolel. That's Gan Eden. But now, the punishment would be that they wouldn't be able any longer to learn Torah, but they'd have to do physical work and learn Torah. That was the punishment. And that's what happened to them when they ate from the Eitz Hada'at Tovarah. means they became Tovara. They couldn't any longer live only as Tov. <coughs> Imagine this. Imagine somebody in a kolel saying a thing like this today. But you know the Hasidim had different ideas. He says the punishment was the punishment was that if you wanted to be successful in learning Torah, you had to eat lunch. Imagine that. It was you, 
your spiritual success became a function of your physical well-being, according to the Svatimet. That's the mixture of Tovarah. That's what HaKadosh Baruch said, you ate from the eight Adah Tovarah, take the implication. The implication is, you can't just have Tov anymore. You can't just learn Torah and be, feel good about it. <coughs> you have to eat lunch. L'chein amru, ata, Torah she'en imam l'cha, sofa b'teva. And that's why Chazal said that Torah that is not accompanied by Malacha, Sofa Beteva. Why Sofa? Why does it? Why is it going to disappear? Why is Torah without Malacha going to disappear? Because that's the only thing that we have. In, in, in other words, if you don't do Malacha, if you don't have a place to live, if you're, you're, it's not warm, and you haven't got food to eat, and you can't support yourself, so you can't do anything. It's not that, okay, I'll ignore myself and I'll learn Torah and everything will be all right. That's not the case. If you ignore yourself and you learn Torah, you will probably end up in the emergency ward of a hospital. That's what happened. That's what happened. Now, you went from a world, that's Ganeiden, where if you do what a Kodesh Mohan tells you to do, which is to learn Torah, <coughs> then it's fine. That's why you don't notice anything else. You don't need a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tipul. It's not like an old car that has to be you know, brought into the garage again and again and again. <coughs> and he says, "Amruchazal lishmor derech eitzchayim." What does that mean? Lishmor to keep the derech, the way of the eitz chayim. V'kan shederech eitz chayim kadma l'Torah. That first you need you need to be healthy. You need to be <coughs> put together. And this new existence was post chet. After Adam Arishon did what he did. All he did was learn Torah. Right? All he did was learn Torah means he didn't have any real physical needs. He says something about Shabbos. I'm not sure <coughs> we can go into it. But Shabbos... Shabbos is, there's an Isra Molocha, as you know. I mean, there are many Isra Molocha. There are a lot of things you're not allowed to do. So the, the, the way the Svatimet understands that is that Shabbos is when you don't have to do it. That's what Shabbos is. So Shabbos is a different kind of world because during the six days, of course you have to do it. Now you don't have a choice. You have to work. You have to have production. Shabbos, you don't have to do it. Rakulo <coughs> Torah. But you're entirely living in Me'ain Olamaba, as it says in the Zmira. Me'ain Olamaba. What's Me'ain Olamaba? That the physical side of you does not impede in any way your spiritual growth through Torah. Lechain Darshu. 
Vayanichehu began Eden. Remember when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created man? He placed him Menuchnach, Menucha, in Gan Eden. Hu Menucha shal Shabbat. Gan Eden is like Shabbat all week long. Because in Gan Eden, all you have to do is learn Torah. And if you learn Torah, everything, you have everything. Not that you have to go to the supermarket and get it. Not that you have a super car, uh, 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 credit card. <coughs> but you just don't need anything. You don't need anything because you're doing that. Lachad darshu v'yichei b'gad eidu menuchah shel Shabbat. Shabimei achol, tzarech liyot avodah, yedai gashmut. In other words, during the weekdays you have to work. So that you can eat, so you can sleep. So you can, you can live in a dry place. Shabimei achol, tzarech liyot avodah, yedai gashmut, ken kiti b'kol yovai erev. In other words, there's this mixture of Erev and Boker. There's dark and there's light. That's what the regular day is. Okay. <laughs> this is another story. So he says, there are people. He says, however, the division, how much do you have to work versus how much do you have to learn Torah? He says, it changes. Some people have to work more, some people have to work less. This is a famous Gemara in Brochas and Davlam and Heg. Chasidim arishonim asu toratan kva or keva umlachtan arai. Right, there were people. There were some people who were able to learn Torah most of the time, and they only did work a little bit of the time. I know actually it's shuchu gantein limlacha kavoshikatuv vasafta deganecha. He says, and even though everybody has to work, aruahig by minhag derech eretz. But you have to be sensitive. You can't just decide that you're living in Gan Eden. Which is what Rav Shimon Yochai wanted. He wanted everybody to learn Torah and not work. So the Shvatam says, no, it's not going to work. Some people can do mostly Torah and very little work. But most people have to work. He said, they have to, they have to work. I work. So that's what the Rambam says. The Rambam says this most remarkable halacha in the third paragraph. He says you have to divide up your time. A person, a person, even though the Rambam said that women who learn Torah also zochet and schar of Talmud Torah, but he was probably talking about men. And he said, he said the most remarkable thing. The Rambam says, <coughs> if you have 12 hours at your disposal, you should work 3 hours and learn Torah 9 hours. Now this for the Rambam was being a balabas. This is called being a balabas. You work 3 hours and you learn Torah 9 hours. The Svasem says, obviously, this is correct. 
Tzarich liyot ha'ikar ha-Torah v'amlachat tefillah. Of course, Torah takes precedence even after you're kicked out of Gan Eden. Even when Avodah became mandatory. There's no choice. V'amru Torah v'amlachatam sh'yesh divrei Torah v'yuchadim l'kol ish v'ish. K'mokeim malacha v'tikud ha-masem yuchad l'kol ish Yisrael v'tzarich adam l'avin so you see that everybody has to have the sensitivity to himself. You have to learn Torah, you have to do Mlacha. How much of each? It depends. You have to test yourself. But you have to make sure <coughs> that the learning the Torah is the Tar and the rest is the Tafel. Bekodem hachet haya avodat gan edem bli solet kemoshe yesh sadeh idit viziburit kacha muv medrashim tetanata tachtonim sadeh natata shenatata lanu ziburiti like there's this kind of a mixture in work, there, is, there are fields that have better parts and poorer parts. That's what the Kossuk means when it says man was punished. That you have to come, somehow become part of the physical world. <laughs> so it turns out that according to the Svat Emet, what we call a punishment is not a punishment at all. It's almost as though man was put into Gan Eden in order to learn something. And the thing that he learned was that in, in a pure world, <coughs> in the pure world of Gan Eden, it's possible to learn Torah exclusively and not have any needs. And it was with that knowledge that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent other Marishan out into the world. And it was the punishment. It was not just the punishment. That was maybe Kayin. But other Marishan was not punished this way, in order that he should be, uh, uh, have a difficult life. But that rather that he was sent out into the world with a mission, explain to everybody what Gan Eden is, and what the difference between Gan Eden and Olam Hazer is. <coughs> then the, 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 uh, the, uh, Svater Met ends with a wonderful Madrash. And it is Kemosha Katuv. This is a Tanchuma at the end of at the beginning of Pkude. Tanchuma Pkude Gimel. The Tanchuma is arranged in paragraphs. This is Bikol Nishama Yeredet Laolam. Ma'imla Mikoden Hagan Eden. Every soul that comes into the world 
on the way into the world, it makes a stop. And it looks at Ganeiden and Torah. <coughs> so as we said before, in the name of the Ramban, everything becomes a metaphor for where we're going. The story of Gan Eden is not about what we lost, but it's rather the story of where we're going. And I've had to define what that where we're going is. And I said, in Gan Eden, <coughs> Gan Eden is a world of Lavda and Lishamra. And Lavda and Lishamra means that in that world, your spiritual self overwhelms any physical needs that you might have. <coughs> from there, <coughs> from there we were sent into the world. Into a different kind of world where it was no longer possible to live exclusively with the Torah and with Talmud Torah. But we had to also do Avodah. True, the Svatimet says, not everybody is equal in this matter. And not everybody has to put in the same amount of time in Avodah. And that has very much to do with, again, with a kind of self-awareness that the Svatimet, as a Rebbe, would be interested that his followers would have. But in fact... <coughs> In fact, the Avodah of Adam Arishon in Gan Eden, according to Rashi, the Gemara Nechulin, the Targum Yonatan ben Uziel that we saw, the Avodah was Tefillah. The Avodah of man in Gan Eden was to see the reality of things. And he saw that reality through the Torah. <laughs> and it's what drove him to Gavim. It's as though he said, my participation in the world, in the created world, is Gavim and Ferein. After he was kicked out of Gadeda, <coughs> his participation was closer to what the Ramban describes. The Ramban says that even though the first generation grew in the Garden of Eden of the bushes and the trees and the grasses, I was just the first generation. In order for the succeeding generations of planted things to grow, man had to intervene. So there are two kinds of intervention that we know about from the God in Eden. One is the intervention of prayer, and the other is the intervention of physical labor, continuing what God what God did, I and mean, we can't do it when it came to the animals, we can't do it when it comes to the fish, but we could do it when it comes to the things that grow, <coughs> grow in the ground. However, when man was kicked out of God Eden, then his dependency on Avodah was not in order that he should reach new spiritual heights, but it was in order that he should continue to exist. That was denied him when he was kicked out of Gan Eden, but the Pasuk says, Gan Eden remained. Right? There's the lot, the Kruvim, and the lot, the Guarded the way into Gan Eden. 
But if you looked at that lot, if you looked at those kruvim, you knew that Gan Eden was still, was still there. You remember the Medrash that the Svatimet quotes from the Tanchuma. Every child, every neshama, gets to see Gan Eden, <coughs> gets to see the Gan Eden and the Torah on the way into the world, into Olam into the world of Avodah. Because it's, it's good, both things are good. It's good to recognize the demands of reality. Here we are, we're not in Gan Eden. But it's always good to have a dream. If you have a dream, then the realities never beat you down. And so Am Yisrael were directed by the story in Breshit to respond correctly to the reality. Not to have ta'anot, as though to say, why did God put me here, and why do I need this, and why should I work, and why should we... <coughs> no, that's not what the Torah wants. The Torah wants us in the Avdan. On the other hand, the Torah wants us in every way possible to recognize the dream by living in a special way. More Torah and less work than any other community might expect or accept. And then every year to learn the parasha over again. The parasha that teaches us not only that there was a Gan Eden, but that we're on the way to Gan Eden. And being on the way to Gan Eden means we'll be able to fulfill the dream. Have a good show.